Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, there's a lot of things to get to in the world of college athletics right now. For sure. Yeah, it never stops. Certainly from an ASU-centric perspective, this week was a, a, mix, a, a mixed bag for the Sun Devils. Yeah. You know, basketball has a nice win on the road at San Diego State and then loses their top recruit from last season who right. started every game. Yeah, yeah, weird. Um, you know, you're right. It was, it was uh, a solid win. I mean, San Diego State's lost three in a row, uh, so I certainly don't want to, you know, make it into – the equal of, you know, if they had beaten Kentucky or Purdue, but it was, you know, it was a, a win away from home a win they were, they were down at the, at the half and, um, you know, being outplayed, not terribly, but being outplayed in the first half, it sounded like. So to come back and get that win was certainly a good feeling. Um, but yeah, very bizarre circumstance with Cunliffe. Um, and I, you know, I, I read, you know, Haller posted a, a tweet from him that basically said, you know, he's, He's not, you know, just speculation. He's going back to Seattle for personal and family reasons, hasn't made any decisions beyond that. But at the same time, Bobby Hurley's issuing a statement saying we wish him the best like he's gone. So uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to, hard to figure out what's going on there. So I have the Cunliffe statement here. He posted it to Twitter. Yeah. This, this statement came after uh, Jeff Goodman at ESPN broke the story and how right. confirmed it. And he wrote, the current speculation about me capital me, as if some sort of deity. (laughs) I saw that. The current speculation about me leaving ASU is just that. I'm coming home to Seattle for personal and family reasons. Any decisions about my future beyond coming home right now have yet to be made. I understand the current media interest, but I ask that you respect the privacy of me and my family right now. Now, Haller had reported earlier that Cunliffe didn't really love ASU so much and he didn't like being away from the Pacific Northwest. He just liked Hurley. Right. Right. Which Which, I I had not really um, seen or paid attention to, I guess, Uh, you know, uh, you know, I I hadn't heard that discussion, um, but I guess, you know, he had talked to him and gotten some, you know, some quotes that certainly kind of give rise to the notion that maybe he just wasn't happy being away from home, which, uh, you know, look, I, I get it. Um, You know, I, I, as somebody who's lived in Arizona almost his whole life and and doesn't really have much interest in going elsewhere, I get it. Um, But, you know, you just think, boy, that's awfully quick to change your mind on something that, you know, presumably you gave a lot of thought to before you did it. Well, and he, here's the thing that confuses me is he, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't strike me as an on the floor thing unless it's that he's had a couple rough games and he did get yeah. lectured by the coaches on the sidelines. And if that's the case, that that's just immaturity. I, yeah, I'm, that, yeah, I'm sort of yeah. hoping, you know, that there's more to this story, that there's a reason that yeah. that's just not yeah. out yet about why this is happening. I agree. I mean, uh, you know, you, you're, your first reaction when you heard this story, at least mine was, I think yours and probably almost everybody's was, you know, typical – college kid who things aren't going great for him and he just wants to run for the hills um and, you know and, and we see that a lot you well know, and it we, begs we, the question though what more were you looking for if that's the case i mean he's a he's a true freshman who started right. every game um you know he had a really good game against the citadel yeah and yeah, i mean he he hasn't you know you and i have talked he has not um 
you know, in, in the in early stages of seeing him, at least for me, and I think, um, you know, you'd, you'd agree, uh, he's not shown special, you know, like you, you haven't watched him and thought, boy, this guy really has something special as he was kind of built up to be. Didn't mean he wouldn't get there. It didn't mean I was giving up on him. Um, but you just didn't see the flashes that maybe I would have hoped to see early on. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a multifaceted thing. Is, is he not fitting in well? Is, is he not fitting in well because he's homesick? Uh, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's why he's not playing as well. Um, you know, I, I, again, I get it from that perspective of and you he know, is knowing 18. where you want to be. Yeah. And he is exactly. Yeah. He's an 18 year old kid. Um, who's, you know, in a, in a different culture and away from his family. And I understand it. Um, but it doesn't make it any easier to swallow if you're going to, you know, lose a player that you had high hopes for this quickly, you know, um, you, you kind of, it just, you know, comes with the territory now with recruiting that you guys do leave and they don't finish their eligibilities for one reason or another, but man, this just came out of left field for me. And well, I, and I mean, I it's very, it's very reminiscent of the Herb Sendek regime, and that's scary. Yeah, like, yeah. Know, now, he's a much more talented player than Sendek got besides Harden. And the other thing that I don't, I don't think did Cunliffe any favors, and, and I think ASU needs to be mindful of with the hype machine moving forward, is when you say he's the highest recruit since James Harden, or I he's know. the most this since James Harden, right. well, James Harden's otherworldly. That's like saying... You know, he's the best. Derrick Rose was the best Chicago Bull since Michael Jordan. Well, right. Michael Jordan won six titles and right. was a Hall of Famer, and Derrick Rose won one MVP. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you build you build expectations sometimes too high. Um, it's very similar to when we got Vontez Perfect, and you heard, you know, man, this guy, you know, because Dennis Erickson coached Ray Lewis, and then he got this. Well, he's the next Ray Lewis. Well, Ray Lewis is a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, and it just it kind of it kind of makes it where anything but being great uh, it comes in as a disappointment. You know, and and it, I mean, again, it was very early. I yeah. certainly was not ready to give up on the kid by any means. Um, but now you just wonder, you know, and and again, now it's now it's kind of confusing because does he end up coming back? Um, is this just his way to take the heat off himself for now, and he never comes back? I mean, it kind of feels that way to me. Um, that he just wants to say, I haven't really decided anything. He kind of faded into the background for a month or so, and then you say, yep, I'm leaving. I'm going wherever, Seattle University or whatever, if he wants to go back home or something. You know? yeah. Well, I mean, I think um, it's entirely likely that he's going to withdraw from school at the semester break. Yeah. And that'll, yeah. that'll basically confirm it because he, he'll set up to do what Blake Barnett did, which right, is right. By, you know preserve your eligibility early. I, I certainly, from what I saw – you know, do not see enough from Cunliffe this year to think that he's going to try to go pro or anything like that. Oh, God, like I that. hope not. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I certainly don't think that, no. No, I mean, I think he's, uh, you know, he's he. the timing is certainly interesting in that, um, you know, by doing this now, you'd make yourself eligible to play in the, you know, second half of next year, wherever you go. You sit out a full year. Um, and, and by the, you know, end of next fall semester, wherever you're at, you can play, um, makes sense, you know? And, and if, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, not knowing the kid, not knowing the background, but you know, if you know, you've made a mistake, uh, it, just in general, not just with re- where you're going to college, but anything, 
if you know you've made a mistake, the worst thing you can do sometimes is double down on that mistake. Sometimes it's better just admit it. Um, you know, admit you, you made a mistake, you're not happy where you're at, and get out of that situation before it's too late. And maybe that's what he did. And so, you know, as much as a fan, I want to criticize him, maybe I shouldn't, you know. And looking at it from that perspective, part of me thinks, you know what, give him credit. Yeah. I mean, he saw clearly there was something amiss because it's and it didn't feel like it was on the court because he was getting the playing time. He was right. getting the all of the things that you expected of him. He was getting he was getting to start. He was getting to play. Yeah. Were, you know, the offense was not revolving around him, but certainly the gravity was pulling towards making sure he was getting shots. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't riding the pines like a lot of times you see with a transfer, you know, kids not getting the playing time. Um, he was playing out of position, and then, of course, that was one of the first things I thought. When, you know, is he not happy with how he's playing? I mean, you're, you're well, I should say, you, you know, I, I have to take it, but I think a lot of people are this way. We're so cynical now when it comes to, you know, what college athletes want. And when you first hear the story, at least in my mind, what goes through my mind is he's not happy because he's playing out of position. He's not the focal point. He's not dominating like he thought he would, and he wants to get out. But, you know, hearing that maybe he just, you know, likes it better where he's from and he doesn't doesn't like being away from there kind of changes my mindset a little bit about it to think, hey, maybe, you know, maybe I should understand where the kid is coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible that, like you said, he has made a decision based on the fact that he knows that this wasn't the right fit yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it's I mean, sad it's tough... that he takes a roster spot. It's sad that Romello White's academically sure. ineligible this year. So, sure. You know. I mean, these are these are the things I I think we don't give college coaches enough credit for dealing with stuff like this. You know, we we expect results, and and we should. But man, it's got to be hard dealing with the emotions of eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old kids. We talk about it in, in, you know, when they commit and they change their mind. But then this is another example. I mean, this kid was rock solid. He committed. He signed. He came here. And, and then I just don't think he was happy here. And, you know, if you're, if you're 30 years old and you go to a city you're not happy in, maybe you can, you've got the mental fortitude to, to get over it and, and, you know, find things. But when you're 18 years old, you don't have that built up. Uh, you know, we're not as tough at 18 as we are when we're older. That's just part of growing up. And so, I mean, it, it gives you an appreciation for how hard it's got to be to beat a, a college coach, you know, head coach or assistant, because your livelihood depends on the the emotional status of 18-year-old kids. That's That's not good. That's not an easy thing to be, I don't think. Well, there's also the – well, there's the dog. Yes, in. yes. He's been, he's been trying to get a word in edgewise. I hear. But part of that is also the timing. Like, had he decided to make the announcement in, you know, July that, you know, this is not good, hopes wouldn't have been too high, I suppose. Sure, sure. I mean, it's it's a rough break because it makes a a team that's already thin even thinner for this year. You know, I mean, we we already were – a team that didn't have a ton of depth, certainly didn't have a ton of depth when it, when it came to size. You know, he wasn't a, you know, a center or anything, but one of our bigger players that was playing. So now you just, you know, you get even thinner 
with your, you know, forwards and center spots. Um, so as a fan, it's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, but I'm trying to, you know, I guess I, I, part of me really, uh, you know, in the last 24 hours since the news has come out has kind of, you know, um, changed the way I feel a little bit just based on what I've heard from him. Um, could it all be a lie? Sure it could. You know, I mean, he could be saying this and really the reason is that he's not happy with, with his role on the team and he's just looking for, you know, and we'll, we'll find out in some ways. I mean, if he transfers to, you know, somewhere on the East Coast, my sympathy for him will will lessen a lot because I'm thinking, hey, I thought thought you wanted to go home. Now you're further away, um, you know. But if he if he wants to be back in in his home area, and that's what he wants, that's and that's his priority. I get it. I really do. Well, and also from a team perspective, we you know we're probably not going anywhere this year. No, and, no. And by having this, you know, obviously Obi will keep playing and. Sure. You know, that's not, but it's going to give you more minutes that Jethro can play, and Jethro yeah. needs those minutes. So, yeah, he does. And, and Vila, too. You know, I mean, he's been solid. And, you know, you just, you just, it's the hand you're dealt. I mean, and you're right. You know, it, it this is not a move that's going to, uh, you know, handicap a team that was, was, you know, tournament bound. It wasn't. I mean, I think we've seen enough in these first 10 games to know that there's some things to like about this team, but, it's not a it's not a tournament quality team, you know. The defense is is a real question mark with the lack of size. You know, if they don't shoot well from the outside, they struggle to find other ways to score. It's not a very deep team. So I mean, this was not a season that we were headed for the Sweet Sixteen, and now you feel like, oh man, you you know really cost us. So you're right. You know, it gives you a chance to get some other guys more time than maybe they would have had otherwise, and hopefully that pays off for you down the road. There was some good news on the football front today, recruiting-wise. Uh, Alex Perry, Armand Perry's younger brother, at, who's a Bishop Gorman, he mm. had committed to the Devils, and in sort of a Rashad and Jaleel Wadud situation, <laughs> he decommitted as he got better and yeah. became more popular. But unlike the Wadudes, he decided to come play with right. family and committed again to Arizona State today. Right, and that's good. Uh, you know, as I told you... In text, uh, I don't know much about him. I don't know anything about him, aside from the fact that he's Armand's brother and he plays defensive back, and, and he was we need all the help. Yeah, and we need all the help we could get at defensive back. Uh, that was, uh, you know, if, if there was one position group that really needed fixing from this past year and really two years, it's that. There's other groups, too, but, um, you know, we need all the bodies we can get there to hopefully find, you know, a handful that are really good and can make this defense, you know, better than it's been. Yeah, there's one other player, Bubba Bolden, who's a, you know, ESPN 300 defensive back at yeah. Bishop Gorman. And he and Perry, uh, you know, they're teammates, they're friends. Maybe we can drag both of them, which, like you said, any boost to the secondary, any addition, just bodies, more bodies yeah, in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, we don't know who's good and who's not, you know, and, and, and Sam Cunliffe is a great example as we as we kind of, you know, talk both sports here of, of why, you know, you always have to caution yourself with recruiting because you just, there's so many things that can go wrong before the player becomes the player he's supposed to be, and then... You know, this is just another one. Um, guy decides he just, you know, he's homesick. You don't think about those. You think about, you know, academic 
pandemics, you think about injuries, you think about whatever. Um, there's a lot of things, but you know, the bottom line is we just, we just have to improve our depth there as much as anything else so that we have options. So that because we're not one playing of the, converted receivers and running Right, backs. right. I mean, that, that was really one of the things this year was it just felt like we didn't have very many options to turn to when the first guy struggled. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we just, you know, and one, one of the things we talked about over the course of the year was where was the, you know, where were the freshman and sophomore options? We didn't seem to have very many. So, you know, we just need to get, get more and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of that, you know, buckshot approach, get a whole bunch and hope a few hit. Yeah. Now there was one other piece of recruiting news that was interesting. Uh, Doug Haller's piece on Blake Barnett and, and the journey mm-hmm. that it took to get him to ASU, which got an added wrinkle as stories came out today that, you know, with Lane Kiffin, his former offensive coordinator, taking the Florida Atlantic job, which I don't love. I don't love that <laughs> move for him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that he apparently, someone from, on, from Kiffin's camp reached out to Barnett uh, to make sure he was sure he didn't want to follow Lane Kiffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course he did. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of uh, one of those, you know, it's what coaches do. But Lane Kiffin, you know, didn't, didn't make a lot of friends in the SEC when he was at Tennessee, and he kept recruiting kids who had committed other places. Um, so that's not a big surprise. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was an interesting story just to kind of get some of the, some of the background and, and certainly, um, you know, a story that had to, had to leave you feeling – optimistic about the state of things and, and, you know, Chip Lindsay, uh, you know, and uh, they really talked a lot about how that, you know, the relationship with coaches and um, that that was a big thing for them. And, you know, it sounds like this group did everything right in that regard. And we need more of that because that, you know, that's what it comes down to as much as, as you talk about, you know, X's and O's and all of that, that's, that's helpful, but you got to get talent. And last year's team, I think probably more so than 2015, was just deficient in, in some areas of talent. They didn't have enough. And and so, you know, to, to read that story, to me, it was just kind of one of those where you thought, well, gives you a little hope. Now, I got to see the results, but, you know, you hear what they did and how they established a connection there, and you think, well, you just, you just got to start doing that more and more and start getting better players. Yeah, and when you, you know, one of the things that it made me think about was the, the fallout of what we were seeing and it, it gave me confidence that the coaching staff will keep it together. Maybe this is how he got Burko to stay for five years. I mean, yeah, yeah. I yeah, saw that, I mean, you know, when Perry committed today, one of the people on Twitter who posted a boom for the boom mm-hmm. bus was Brady white. And yeah, you yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it is, it is a positive thing if you've got your players buying in and that, that honestly was was one of the most alarming things about the way the season ended, especially the Arizona game. Was it? It looked like the team had quit. It really, it really did. And you know, and and some of it was talent, some of it was coaching, but it just didn't look like the effort was there in that Arizona game that you would have expected. Um, now this doesn't absolve that by any means, but you know, you you want that. You, you know, you you want a group that can stick together and. For the most part this year, they did, even as things got tough. But then at the end, it sure didn't look like they did. Well, what I wonder, as I think back at the Arizona game and think back on the, you know, not the season, but the Arizona yeah. game and the, the week leading up to it, for a team that was 5-6, and six, they seemed 
very confident. You know, there's the Cody yes. Cole quotes and things like that. Yes. And it, it almost felt like, you know, how you would expect them to act playing NAU where, yes. well, we're good enough, we'll just show up and it'll be okay. I kind of think so, yeah. Yeah, I think they looked at Arizona and they looked at what, what they had been and they thought, well, you know, we've we've lost to some pretty good teams in this stretch, and they had. You know, I mean, we talked about that during that stretch. They lost to Washington. They lost to Washington State. They lost to Colorado, Utah. I mean, those were those were four of the best six teams in the conference. And and so, you know, you could easily say, well, you know, well, everything will be fine. We're playing a bad team. Well, it, it wasn't. And I I think probably part of that was the case that um, they, they didn't prepare well enough for the game and they thought they could just sort of uh, come out, go through the motions, and that Arizona would quit. And they didn't, uh, you know. And, and then, you know, as they tried to make a comeback, they couldn't get the defensive stops to do that. Yeah. But – it's a positive development. I also was happy to see the team reaction for Jay Norvell. Uh, a lot of positive comments in social media, you know, but people not jumping ship. You know, he sure, was sure. You know, yeah. he was instrumental in getting Newsom and Humphrey to right. transfer from Texas and Oklahoma, respectively. And from what I could tell, they're you know they're both happy in Phoenix. Yeah, in Tempe. it seems like they were a big part of of you know. The, the Barnett recruitment too. So, I mean, it, it uh, you know, it gives you hope um, that if, I mean, look, and, it, and it's an if, we don't know, but if Barnett is as good as, as he's billed to be, as he was billed to be, you know, coming out of high school um, or even, you know, somewhat that good, uh, you know, and you've got, you've got Nikhil Harry who looked very good this year. You've got a couple transfers. You've got some other guys who played this year and, and showed some potential. Uh, that you know you can have the makings of a really good offense, and then it comes down to fixing the defense, and that's you know that's not going to be fixed by Blake Barnett or the receivers or any of those things. Um, well, be careful no saying it won't be the receivers. Well, that's true. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it could be. Um, as we get further and further from the end of the season, it makes me think there's not going to be any coaching changes there. Usually, if you have those, they happen pretty fast. Uh, that's hard for me to fathom that we're going to go into this, you know, next year with the same coaching staff coaching this defense. But, uh, you know, well, what's uh, again, interesting about that is uh, rushing seems to be a critical recruiter. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, oh, I hope he's doing that because, I, I, you know, and I do have to wonder, and I, I don't want to just blame a position coach. That's an easy thing, you know, fan to do a defensive back struggle. Therefore the position coach stinks. But, you know, there were times I saw him on the sideline and I even thought, is this guy not a very good coach? I mean, he's a very new coach. Very, very new. I mean, he was just playing in the NFL not, you know, five years ago, I believe. And so, you know, there was part of me that wondered, like, is this guy in over his head? Uh, and I still wonder that. I mean, again, it, you know, you, you keep, you keep um, looking at things and, and you just, I mean, how can we come back with the same thing next year and expect it to be different? I'm not sure that we can, but it sure looks like that's what's going to happen. I mean, I think it's going to take a radical philosophy shift. That yeah, and and can that be done when you are when the defense is still going to be coached by Graham and Patterson, who've been coaching together and this philosophy for decades? Can they really, you know, can they flip the script? I mean, you know, you hear coaches try to do that all the time, and then at the first sign of trouble, they panic and they go back to what they do. Um, you know, you, uh, I hear that a lot. Well, this coach is going to open it up. I mean, to cross sport, Herb Sendek, 
how many years did we listen to Herb Sendak in October tell us we're going to run and gun, we're going to go 10 deep, and by December, none of those things were happening because you fall back on what you know and what you do. Yeah, I mean, I the thing that makes me think that we will do that and that we have to do that is when you hear the story of opposing coaches saying, we know what they're yeah. doing, we, yeah. you know, it's the same. You're right, yeah, yeah, I mean, I... I certainly hope so, you know, because and that's going to be the question until next September is, you know, what what do you do different? How do things how do things change? Because you can't just I mean, to me, and I think to any reasonable thinking person, you cannot just say, well, you know, we're going to keep doing what we do. And we're going to coach up our players better. That didn't work. You tried that. And now you got to figure something else out. Yeah, there's a lot that's going to have to happen here. Matt and I are going to jump off. We'll be back with a whole new other podcast to talk about bull picks. When you finish this, listen to that. Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. Ben and Matt Sportscast.